I'm gonna come in there and fly you the hell out. Just you and me. We'll work this thing out together. Is that fair enough? Where'd you come from, sir? Bragg. I tried to get in touch with you, but the guys at Bragg never knew where to find you. Yeah, well, I haven't been spending much time there lately. They've got me down in D.C. I'm shining a seat with my ass. I wish I was back at Bragg now. We'll talk about that when you come in. I can't do that, sir. Well, look, John, we can't have you running around out there wasting friendly civilians. There are no friendly civilians. Well, I'm your friend, Johnny. I was there with you knee-deep in all that blood and guts. I covered your ass more than once. Seems like bailing you out of trouble is getting to be a lifetime job for me. There wouldn't be no trouble except for that king shit cup. All I wanted was something to eat. But the man kept pushing, sir. Well, you did some pushing of your own, John. They drew first blood, not me. Look, Johnny. Let me come in and get you the hell out of there. They drew first blood. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Ace Society Podcast, 12 Random Days of Christmas, continues. And tonight, uh, it's going to be a collaboration with the uh, the Action Returns. So, Brian and I are here. We're, we're going to tackle the rest of these films uh, over on that show. So, we'll, we'll start it here. But tonight, we're coming at you with the 1982 Action Adventure First Blood. He was harassed for no apparent reason. He was arrested for no particular crime. Starting to dislike you. Lot. They thought they'd found an easy mark. They were wrong. Sylvester Stallone. This time he's fighting for his life. First Blood. Rated R. Starts Friday, October 22nd at theaters everywhere. Vietnam veteran and drifter John J. Rambo wanders into a small Washington town in search of an old friend, but he is met met with intolerance and brutality by the local sheriff, Will Teasel. When Teasel and his deputies restrain and shave Rambo, he flashbacks into his time as a prisoner of war and unleashes his fury on the officers. He narrowly escapes the manhunt, but it will take his former commander to save the hunters from the hunted. This is directed by Ted Kotcheff. I think that's how you say it. And... Hold on, let me go over to IMDb real quick. A veteran Green Beret is forced by a cruel sheriff and his deputies to flee in the mountains and wage an escalating one-man war against his punishers. So, stars the great uh, Sylvester Stallone, uh, Brian Dennehy, rest in peace, Richard Crenna, rest in peace, uh, Bill McKinney, Jack Starrett, Michael Talbot, Chris Mulkey. We just talked about him in uh, Time Rider mm-hmm. or uh, Stream Fiends. We guys haven't heard that. Uh, David Caruso, uh, Alf Humphreys, and a bunch of other people in this. Why are we doing First Blood, you say? Because this takes place days before Christmas. In uh, Washington, 
if you if you really pay attention to what's going on in the background, you see Christmas trees, you see lights and ornaments and all that uh, in this little town that they're at. I believe it was a uh, Hope Washington. It actually says it right here in Wikipedia. Shortly before Christmas, John Rambo, a Vietnam veteran, travels to a town of Hope Washington in search of an old comrade, only to learn that his friend had died from cancer. All right, before we dive into it, Brian, when was the first time you seen First Blood? Oh, I was a young child. Uh, I actually seen the second one first, which piqued my interest in going back to watch the the first one because I was a, a big Rambo fan as a kid. I had the the little headband with the with the toy knife and the. I even had the little necklace from part two, the little jade necklace. <laughs> I was running around thinking I was John Rambo. And uh, I always loved the Rambo films. And this one is definitely a classic, uh, great cast. Uh, I think that that last few minutes where uh, Stallone is just, you know, pouring his heart out. I think that's some of the best acting of his career right there and it like it hits it hits real hard and brian dennehy and some of the some of the deputies not all of them some of them were just following orders but i think most of them played a pretty good role as, as the villain in this because you know when you when you get into the story you know he's he, he hasn't done anything wrong and they just don't like him for for his part in the war and what what they may have heard about the war so it's just kind of fucked up and then on top of that him coming to see his friend and finding out his friends died and a lot of his friends have died because of the war or during wars it's kind of a sad sad story yeah it was i mean it starts off kind of happy Nice little uh, area and everything, but then when he finds out that uh, his friend had died from cancer, mm-hmm. um, he got that that Agent Orange stuff that they were spreading around over there. Got it, and it just kind of ate him up. But the first time I had seen this film, me and my brother, I don't know what we went to see. We went and saw something else that was playing upstairs in the upper theater, and then when we were coming downstairs. My brother goes, hey, let's go see this other movie. Um, he just said, Rocky's in it. I was like, okay. And everyone knows who Rocky is. So we went in there and we sat down. <clears throat> um, we came in on the part uh, right after he has escaped uh, Sheriff Teasel after that chase. When he went running up and he finds that uh, big piece of uh, tarp or whatever it is and makes that kind of little uh, makeshift coverall. We came into we came in on that part, and I was like, "What the hell is happening? What what's going on? What did something happen that blew up this truck that was all burned out?" I, I didn't know what the hell was happening. So we sat there and we watched we watched the whole movie, and when it was we were like, "Man, that was awesome!" And then, well, let's stay and and watch the the beginning. We actually ended up after we, after we saw what we missed, we ended up sitting through the whole thing again. But. Yeah, this was one of those movies. I remember going home and we were telling our dad, like, Dad, you got to go see this movie. It's awesome. So, like, the next day he took us to go see it again. And, um, yeah, that was when I just kind of didn't know we were going to get, what is there, five, six movies? Uh, first Blood, yeah. First Blood 2, 
Yeah, I got the box three. set right here, the steel book. There's five. Yeah. The the fourth one was just Rambo. And then that uh other one was Rambo something. Last Blood. Yeah. Um the the fourth film, it was when it came out of the theater it was just Rambo. But when it came out on Blu ray, the the original title was gonna be John Rambo, but then they just shortened it. Um I think that was the last one. I seen all the first four in the theater with my dad. I'm not sure if he had seen the the new the last one, but um, yeah, was this he, movie. He big, was he a big Rambo fan? He was more Rocky and some of the earlier things he had done. But once Rambo came around, he he sat there and he watched all that action stuff. The okay, the Stallone, the Chuck Norris, the the Arnold, and and everything. Everything that we watched, we're like, Dad, you got to see this. You got to see this. It's like, all right, so he he would sit there and watch it. Um, he, he lives in Arizona now. He, they retired, but last when they came here, we went and seen uh, Maverick because he wanted to see it. He didn't want to see it uh, on TV. He wanted to go to the theater, and I said, "Dad, we need to go see this then." So I think I was like the fifth or fourth time I had seen it. Streaming so we, now on Paramount. I know I saw that, but I haven't even watched. I haven't even broke it up, broke open the Steel Book yet. Yeah. I ended up getting that, but <clears throat> um, did you get the Steel Book for this one? Not that big box set, which I'm kicking myself. I should have. I, I got the box set. Ah oh, man. I that, I'm such a fan of these movies. I, I I just said I did. I didn't own. I only owned the first two, so I I just said fuck it and just got the box set. Is that last one? Is there a director's cut or is it just what we saw in the theater? I never cracked it open. Okay. It's sitting right here on my shelf, still in the plastic. Because I got uh, I got a, the Blu-ray set. Uh, it was like ten bucks or whatever during one of these holiday sales. But when um, Target came out with the the Steel Book or the first one, uh, I had I had to get it. I mean, I love that movie. I'm most likely I'll get the the 4K ones eventually. But but yeah, this film just watching it over and over. I, I can't even tell you how many times I saw it in the theater, and I had seen it once at the drive-in, and this. Uh, reminds me of my brother Darren, rest in peace. Um, he had seen it at the drive-in, and that scene when they're out in the woods, it was it was dark, and he was like, when he said he was watching the driver, he goes, "Man, we couldn't see what was going on because <laughs> because the screen was was uh wasn't very dark. Where, where our drive-in was, right behind the screens was the freeway, and all you see are the the headlights of cars going by and everything, and uh, it's kind of close to the airport as well, and you see the airport the airplanes coming in and landing and everything. So, but um, I just—he was out of all my friends, he was probably like the biggest Stallone and Arnold fan. He was an amazing artist, or he is an amazing artist, and he was able to draw. He would just take a picture of him and just draw, put it pen to paper, and it would look just like the picture. Mm. Oh man, I asked him, "What'd you do with all this art?" He's like, "Man, he just, um, gave it to girls and doesn't know where any of his artwork is." I was like, "Damn." Um, but yeah, but this movie, it was it was awesome because I did had no I, no idea what it was about. I don't even think I seen any trailers for it because when my brother goes, "Let's go see this, man." Rocky's in it. And I was like, "Okay," so we just went and sat down and watched it. But yeah, like, like I said, it starts off 
it starts off nice because he's all happy and everything. He's finally wherever he was, somewhere in Washington. I assume on the outskirts of Hope, Washington. And uh, he was going to go see his uh, friend. Um, the hell was his name? I, think it was like, I remember his last name was Barry. He was going to go see him. And he goes up and sees his mom. She's sitting there. Or she's uh, hanging the clothes on a laundry uh, clothesline. And he's just talking to her like, yeah, he's a friend of mine. We were in the war together. And he's just all happy. And then she just was like, Delbert's gone. And he was like, oh, well, when is he going to be back? And she goes, he died. And then she was like, what, how? And that's what she told me. He got cancer from all that stuff that they were spreading around over there in Vietnam. And he just like, oh, he just, just took the wind out of his cell right from the get-go. And then I think he hardly had, he had lines in the movie, but it was like he barely really spoke except for maybe a little bit in the middle, a line here or there, and then that big speech at the end. He probably had about, if you added it all together, it was probably maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15 at the most of dialogue in the whole movie. If that. I mean, he did help um, uh, write the screenplay for this. I think it was it was based off of a book. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The the book was uh, by David Mor- Morrell. It was its first blood, but from what I understood, the book is uh way different than what we saw in the movie. And the ending, um, I believe he gets killed because they did film a scene where uh, Stallone gets killed at the very end of this film, but then they did it through test audiences. And nobody liked it. Everyone's like, no, no, he, he should survive. So then they 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 shot an ending where he survived what we saw. Because I think I remember I was talking to one of my buddies. He was like, What if we didn't get any more? What if this was just a one and done and he did die at the end? How how would I have felt? I said, Well, maybe at that time I probably wouldn't have really cared, but after years and years of this being out, watching it again, after this last time I watched it. I was thinking, I think I would be pissed. Like, this guy was a war hero. Yeah. And I, and I know this, it was different times, especially with that war on how um, not everybody, but a lot of people, when, when these, these veterans came home, everybody was just like, that wasn't a real war. You were just over there killing killing people and, and kids yeah, they, they and this and that. baby killer. Yeah, I was like, but I mean, you you can't blame. I've never been in the military or anything, but you can't blame what those guys did over there or anybody, any military men and women. I mean, they're following orders. Yeah, maybe some maybe go off the deep end and just start shooting fools. But I mean, these they followed orders. And he even said that he goes, we he goes, this wasn't my war. And he goes, you asked me. I didn't ask you at the end. <laughs> And I, it's it's weird. I mean, to watch this now and think how uh, the military is, how everybody praises them and puts them on such a high pedestal. I'm like, I still like, wow, I, I, I just couldn't believe that that had happened. I mean, it was real. It wasn't just in this movie. Because even when he's he's walking down the road and he's got his uh, green... Um, army jacket on and it's got the American flag on it and this is when we're introduced to uh, Sheriff Teasel 
uh, Brian Dennehy's character. And he just rolls up to him and just starts talking to him. And then he's like, uh, he goes, yeah, wearing that flag on that jacket. He goes, looking the way you do, you're asking for trouble around here. Ow. Yeah, it's so weird. It's just, you, you went and served your country and then you come back wearing the, the jacket that was issued to you. And then you're just talking about looking like that. You're asking for trouble. I'm just like, what? I know. I'm like, did no one care about the American flag <laughs> back in 82? Probably 81 when they filmed this. But I, I'm like, I, yeah, it's a movie. And, and again, it, it was different times. Because I was like, damn. Because like, if they tried to make this movie today, like remade it, no, that, that they would have to make something up. I don't think they could make this to where, oh, he's a, a veteran from Iraq or Afghanistan or whichever one you want to pick. There'd be no way they would be like, oh, man, you're, you're that flag on that jacket. There's no way they, they could do that today. Yeah, because the, the movie would, uh, somebody would say, what were they really trying to say in the movie? Yeah. I mean, you probably get some of the younger generation to watch this now. They'd probably be asking the same things or maybe saying what we're saying. But at that time, as, as a young kid, what I was, what, 11 years old when I saw this? I even thought that was messed up. I mean, I had uncles uh, that were in the war and my friend's dads that were in the war. And I did not once ever think that, oh, they were they were baby killers and didn't think anything bad about them. I mean, especially my uncle. I mean, he, he would tell us stuff. Uh, about being over there. He never told us what he did there and he never told us what he saw. He was just telling us about uh, the times that they were laughing around and, and, and playing mm -hmm. pranks on each other and all that. I mean, that, that's I, he was, I was much younger when he was telling us these stories, but now that I, that I think about it, I don't think I would have wanted him to tell me what he had seen over there. I didn't realize that he was a machine gunner uh, in a helicopter. Until uh, after he had passed and they were reading his eulogy, I was like, damn, he did all this. I mean, I even asked my cousins. I said, did he ever say anything? He never said anything to us about the war and the good. I mean, I don't, I don't think I would want to know that stuff. I mean, I love my uncle. He's my favorite uncle in the world. You know, rest in peace. But I it, it was kind of hard to. To picture that well, when I found out what he had done in the war, and uh, and I'm, I know he he had his reasons for not telling us, other than we were just too young to to hear stories like that. But I mean, if he was alive today, and I found out that he was, I probably still wouldn't want to hear it. I he I put my uncle on such a high pedestal, I wouldn't I wouldn't think bad or different about him, but I would just think like, wow. I mean, and again, he was following orders. He did yeah, what he was supposed to do. He probably left all that there when he came back. Yeah. I mean, a lot of my other friends, man, uh, they were during Desert Storm and all that. When they came home, they said it was just, it, it was tough to come back to. I mean, they, they can train you. This is what they told me. They train you to kill. They can train you how to what to do when you're over there. But they didn't train them how to deal with the world when they came back. Mm-hmm. So I, my buddy was like, he had to go through therapy and everything, did counseling. And then he was counseling 
uh, other veterans that came back from wars. And he was just saying, he goes, because he told me, he goes, man, he goes, that that's not for you. I mean, he goes, if you want to do it, do it. But he goes, I, I know you, and I don't think you'd be able to handle it. So I was like, well, I, I didn't want to do it, first of all. But, I mean, nothing against anybody that, that, that was in the military. Man, thank you for, for your service, men and women. But it was, it's just, it was just weird watching this movie now on how, how, they, how he was being treated. He didn't do nothing. All he did was walk into town. And he was, like he said, he, he just wanted to get something to eat. But mm-hmm. the sheriff was like, there's a diner about 30 miles up the road. You can get something there. And he was like, is there something wrong with me getting something to eat here? And Tizo was like, yeah, me. He goes, we don't want you around here. He goes, next thing you know, we got a whole bunch of you drifters uh, coming through here. And he goes, this town's boring. And I got paid to keep it that way. <laughs> he even had a problem with the way his hair looked. I was like, come on. I mean, he didn't, I don't know, maybe he might have stunk, but he didn't look dirty. And the nice feathered 80s hair. And I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard to watch this and like, wow. He didn't do anything. He even says it. I didn't do anything. And he goes, but it was that, that king shit cop. He mm-hmm. kept pushing. And I, I was like, man, because he's just just lecturing him. And then he finally gets out of the town. and goes, all right. Because he asked him where he was going. He said he was heading north. And he said, where? And he goes, I'm going to Portland. And he's like, well, Portland's south. He said you're going north. And then drops him off. All right, Portland, straight ahead. And then he goes, all right. He goes, well, do yourself a favor. Uh, clean yourself up. You won't get hassled so much. And I, was, I hope this ride helped you. And then he turns around and drives off. I love this scene, though, because he's like, he looks down the road. Then he uh, he dropped him off at the end of this bridge. And then he looks back and sees that car. And then he's just like, man, fuck it. Flips up his collar and starts heading back into town. And this is when uh, the sheriff just sees him. And he kind of stops. And then he backs up. Hey, hey. Stop right there. And then he just jumps out of his car and he grabs Rambo by by the arm. But he like pulls his arm away. And that's when he puts his hand on his gun and like, all right, you're under arrest. And he gives him that. John Rambo's giving him that look like for what? And because he asked him, because you got any ID? He doesn't say anything. He just keeps on walking. Um. Different times now, because everyone's got a camera in their pocket, some mm-hmm. kind of recording device. Back then, no. And crooked cops, I mean, they're everywhere. Not all of them are crooked. But, I mean, he basically just said, make up something. Everyone's going to believe him because he's a sheriff in this small little town. No one's going to believe him because he's just passing through. Yeah. But I advise you, younger guys, Know your rights. Cop, if you're not doing anything, cops ask you for ID, you don't give them shit. But this is different times. Like I said, they can make up whatever they want to make up because there's no there's no witnesses or anything. You don't have a phone in your pocket that can record stuff. But, I mean, I'm sure the Constitution was, didn't change in 1982, 
<laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. It, it was just like, I couldn't believe it. Even watching this the first time, like, I even said to my brother, what did he do? And then my brother was like, well, if you want to get technical, I mean, he did pull his arm away from from the police officer. But I'm like, well, they don't have the right to put their hands on you if you didn't do anything. But different times. <laughs> so and I don't know the, the, the laws of knives uh, on how long uh a blade can be because once he gets them up and starts searching them and he pulls out, what do we got this? Or what do you got here? And he pulls out that big ass knife. I don't care what anyone says. If you guys grew up watching these movies, we all wanted a knife like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I never got yeah. <laughs> And you got to take into account, this is probably different small town law, not exactly by standard law book either. I know, but the law is the law everywhere. But again, like these small little towns. Yeah, where everybody, where everybody knows, knows each other. Yeah, yeah, I mean, even here in this little one-horse town that I live in. I mean, I've never had any issues with uh, the sheriff or the, or the police department here. But I don't know. But yeah, it, it's different times. <laughs> Some of you may not agree with what I'm saying, but I mean, it's true. <laughs> so, but he, yeah, he basically just, I like when he asks him when he goes, and he goes, uh, what do you got this for? And he pulls out that knife. He goes, hunting. He goes, don't he goes, don't be an idiot. And he goes, what do you hunt with a knife? And he goes, name it. <laughs> I was like, damn. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure there, there might be a law that you can't carry something that big. But I, I don't know. I, I, I could be wrong. I could be talking out of my ass. But because when he brings him in, he goes, yeah, here, just he goes, what am I booking him for? He goes, just vagrancy and carrying a concealed weapon and and hands him that knife. And this is when we're introduced to uh, Art Galt. The fucking, I mean, Sheriff Teasel's already an asshole, but Galt is just a fucking, the biggest asshole <laughs> out of all. He was the, the sergeant uh, deputy of the sheriff's department. Just some little redneck yahoo. And then... Uh, yeah, it it just goes from there. I mean, this he's just one of those guys that, that can just be the asshole. I mean, even now we see videos of police officers or sheriffs beating up the uh, prisoners that are, that are in custody. Um, yeah, some people just can't be given that much authority. Yeah, because he, he took his, his job or his authority just way beyond. Because even what's his name? David Caruso. Um Every time, every time you say that name, I keep hearing that CSI to open it. <laughs> yeah, his name was Mitch. He was a deputy Mitch. His first name was Mitch. I'm not sure what his last name. Rogers. Because <coughs> he's even like he—he he was the one that was just trying to be the the deputy that just follows the book, and everyone else was just the asshole. Sheriff was the leader. Art Galt, Sergeant, he was just do what I say. And he had a couple of other deputies. Uh, that one deputy ward, Chris Mulkey, he just, if he would have been there long enough, he'd have probably been just like Galt and just been an asshole because he was an asshole too. But when they take him in there and uh, they they just trying to do a print up his, uh, no, before no, they yeah, they took him downstairs and they tried to get his uh, fingerprints and then they they he wouldn't do it, 
and they were just having issues with him. And then sheriffs came down and goes, look, man, he goes, he goes, you're going to be going on Monday. You're going to be going up against a judge and, and you think we're tough. Wait till you deal with them. And yeah, again, it goes back to a small little town. Everybody knows the judge. Everybody knows the, the sheriffs and the deputies. So it's like a no win situation for him. So, but when they get him into that cell and when he takes his shirt off, other than Stallone was just ripped. He's yeah. still in good shape now. But oh, we see all the the scars uh, that he uh, suffered from war. At this point, we don't really know what until he has these flashbacks. He's got all these uh, look like cut marks on his chest and on mm-hmm. his back. Because even Mitch is like, he's like, whoa. And he goes, he goes, we need to tell Sheriff about this. And R's like, nah. Or no, he goes, he goes, what, what has he been into? And he goes, who gives a shit? And then he walks up behind him and he tells him to turn around. He's got his hands on his head. Galt just takes that nightstick and just hits him in the lower part of his back and drops him. And Mitch is like, what the fuck was that? And he goes, well, sheriff said clean him up and then just kicks him. Yeah. I, I always wondered how, how did Mitch land this job? Because he doesn't seem down with anything. Well, you got to have one of those officers that's just just trying to do 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 right. And you got all these other guys that are just fucking assholes. Yeah, but Mitch just seemed way too on the other side because when they started hosing him down and he's like having his little flashbacks, Mitch is all like, can't you see there's something wrong with the guy? Yeah, because, yeah, they hose him down and even Mitch is like, he's shaking his head at him. Because Galt's just laughing and one of the other deputies is hosing him down with not just a little watery hose. This is like a fire hose. And I don't know how much pressure comes out of that thing, but it, it, it looks like it hoses and sheriff stations. I, in Hope, Washington, they do. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so they, then they're getting ready to shave him. This boy's hard to get a hold of. That's okay, Warren. Don't worry about the soap. He's tough. Just shave him. Dry. All right. How blind are you? Can't you see this guy's crazy? Can't you see? I don't give a shit. Yeah, I can see that. That's better. See there. I knew. You're just going to shave your partner. Take it easy. Take this, Mitch. Come on! Don't move. I don't want you to catch your own throat. You son of a bitch! Come on! And uh, I mean, Mitch is even like, "Hey, man, cause it's all right, buddy, man. Just we're just gonna shave you, take it easy." And then uh, the Galt, other than he was like, he, he tried to get him to sit down, but he wouldn't sit down. And he's like, "All right, we're gonna do this the hard way." So he gets that nice stick and wraps it like kind of around his um uh, his neck first, and then kind of pulls him back. And this is when. Rambo starts having those flashbacks of him being hoisted up on onto uh, some kind of bamboo 
cross or something. And then uh, Mitch, our uh, Walt, our uh, Ward comes up with the little straight razor. He's like, uh, you better hold still. I don't want you to cut your own throat. And then he just has that flashback of that uh, Vietnamese soldier just gets that big knife and just, I mean, that was that, that was effect and effects and a half. It looked like he really cut him in the chest. And he just went, ah, and then he just loses it. There's some good practicals in there. Like later on when he's uh, doing his stitches. Yeah. That looked real. He he really got hurt when he jumped into that tree. They said he broke ribs and everything. Yeah, that with that arm when he's stitching mm-hmm. up his arm. I was watching it today. That looked hella real. I mean, even back then in in eighty two, usually like when you see something like that, you know there's some kind of latex over their arm and it doesn't match their skin. No, that that looked real. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I never seen any anyone saying that that was real, but. <laughs> Um, Stallone said, "Let's do it." <laughs> so he he just starts whooping ass on all these cops. Kicks one of the balls. He slams Argolt against the wall. Starts raking his head against the bars of the gym or the the jail. Because first he's like, "You son of a bitch, come on!" He swings at him and misses, and that's when he just knees him and, and then he just throws him against that. Um, some other guy comes walking in. He grabs him and throws him through a window. Um, oh, uh, yeah, and then uh, uh, Teasel comes down, come walking down and says, like, what the hell's going on? And uh, Rambo, like, jumps up onto the, the cage, grabs it, and then kicks Teasel, and he, he has his gun out, and he lets off a round, and the deputies upstairs, they hear the gunshot, so they um, start to open the door, and he runs upstairs, and that guy, he got fucked up, man. All he did was open that door, <laughs> <laughs> Rambo came out, just started giving him some elbows, and then threw him out the window. And that other fat dude that was sitting at the at the at his desk, he jumps up, and he just like sweeps his leg and drops him. And then he jumps over. He grabs his knife, jumps over the counter, and here comes uh, the other uh, the other deputy. I can't remember his name, but he he's just walking in with like the mail. <laughs> And he really broke his nose right here because he, like, sweeps his leg and then he elbows him right in the nose. Um, I just thought it was a stunt, but I was watching something in there saying, yeah, he he really broke his nose because later in the film, he has these bandages and everything on his nose every time they show him. And then he goes, yeah, he, he, he meant to not... He didn't mean to hit him, but, I mean, of course, when you're doing stuff like this, I mean, it just sometimes it slips. But it, it broke that guy's nose. Um, he was the dude that was in um, My Bloody Valentine. He was one of the the, the minor, minor workers. He didn't get killed. Yeah. <laughs> so, And this part was awesome. I just love the music because it just gets me juiced up as he, as he just comes busting out of uh, the sheriff's office and that da-na-na-na. Then he grabs that guy off his bike and then jumps on and yeah, takes off. In art, man, he's already an asshole and he's hella mad. He comes out with his hunting rifle. Uh, it was one of those bolt action rifles and he's ready to shoot. But Teasel's like, no, don't. And he hits the barrel up just in time as he lets one off. He goes, there's people down there. So he goes racing after him. Teasel jumps in his car 
and goes hauling ass after him. This was a cool little chase scene, man. He he was serving that cop car uh, around those corners, and it, it was all wet wherever they were. And uh, I don't know how cold it was, but Rambo's running, hauling ass on a dirt bike in a tank top. <laughs> and I I assume that was him during some of the scenes on the bike. Maybe not when he jumped it and everything. Because there's one cool scene when he's flying, yeah, and he flies over the um, the train tracks, and then that police car comes flying, hauling ass over it too, and they they go off off roading and everything, and then they go up into the mountains. But uh, as uh, Teasel's chasing him, he kind of loses control on on those. Uh, it wasn't even a road, and then he kind of his car slips and slides down this small little ravine, and then flips over. And this is when he, uh, I don't know, I was like, he should have stopped on, on on the bike and turned around and just went back instead of going straight and trying to ride uh, that dirt bike up that big rock. And they just flipped it and then it just started mm-hmm. to run. Yeah, so Sheriff was like, yeah, he goes, you ain't going anywhere or we're going to get you. And this is when he goes running around and he finds that uh, tarp and everything. Um, So he's, he's hiding. Sheriff and the rest of the gang finally all posse up and they go out into the woods looking for him and uh they got uh galt he he, he he got he's in a helicopter and, and he goes flying and this part was cool i mean we're, we're gonna jump ahead because it's just talking to them in the woods but when they finally uh catch up to him and he's running from from the sheriffs and, and the deputies and he comes to this uh cliff it's, it's like a big rock uh cliff and he's like shit he's got nowhere to go Cause they're coming and then he's like F it. And then he starts crawling down the side of this rock cliff. I don't know who the stuntman was, but they did say Stallone did some of it because we see him hanging on the side of the, of the, of the, the rock little ravine. He was um, like basically like pre Tom, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Pre uh, cliffhanger. <laughs> so, because uh, here comes Gold and then a guy in, in the, the helicopter, and uh, he starts shooting at him. And Teasel's on the radio, like goes, "What? Are you, why are you shooting? Don't shoot at him. I want him alive." But all Art don't give a fuck, man. He just he wants to kill him for all that. Because when we see uh, Art, man, he's got this his eyes, he got a big old black eye already from getting his ass beat. And so he's just shooting them. And the pilot's like, hey, man, we we, we can't be down here because uh, I don't know aerodynamics or anything, but I guess the wind, he said they were caught in a thermal draft and it, was, it wouldn't be, he wouldn't be able to keep the, uh, the helicopter steady. But he's like, if you don't fly this right, I swear to God, I'm going to kill you. So I cut that out of your pilot's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so I did like this because he, he's shooting at him. And then he's like, he looks over his shoulder and he sees the tree. And the first time I shit you not, the first time I was, I was like, is he going to jump? And then he's like, fuck it. And just leaps. I was like, all right. I want to know. I mean, he must have had good footing to push off that rock because that tree still looked like it was kind of far down there. Uh, I'm sure because he fell for a second before he actually hit the tree. And Stuntman, I mean, yeah, it was Stallone, but I don't know if that was him that that jumped off at first. But that fool, 
went and crashed through all the branches and everything. I'm sure that was like a pine tree or something. And that stuntman just hitting every branch. And then Stallone, we see him, he kind of clips one of the the branches at the end that they were much uh, thicker. And he's like, ah, he starts screaming. And, and then he falls to the ground and he's really screaming. And then we, we notice he's holding his arm. Uh, because you see that it's bleeding. But during that stunt, he broke ribs. So I assume mm. hitting those branches um, with all the force. I mean, I, I give it to stunt men, stunt women. I couldn't do it. I couldn't throw myself down the stairs. I couldn't, I couldn't even just fall <laughs> down to the ground. <laughs> but, but then, I mean, these, they, these men and women that do these stunts, man, I mean, they're crazy. Even the the... The women wrestlers, I mean, wrestlers, period, anyone, mm-hmm. be it professional or indie, the stuff that they do, man, that's they're, they're like stunt men and women. So, man, and all you guys are saying are wrestling's fake, man. I, I want to see you do it. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, that scene was awesome. I think that was probably one of my favorite scenes in this is when he dove off that cliff. Because that was something... When it was over, when we went home and told my dad, I was like, oh, my God, they were chasing him. And he jumped off this cliff and crashed through the trees and he threw a rock at a helicopter and a guy fell out. And my dad was like, what are you guys talking about? First blood. You got to go see it. And then we were hyping it up so much. He was like, all right, let's go see that. And the next day we went and saw it. But yeah, once he's behind that tree. And then uh, Galt is still shooting at him, and Teasel's just screaming on the radio, stop shooting, what are you doing? We want him alive. And then uh, Rambo kind of grabs a a rock, and then he throws it, hits the windshield of the helicopter. Galt's hanging out the side of the helicopter with no seatbelt on. And then uh, when the the pilot kind of shifts off to the the left, and Galt goes falling out, and ah, falls onto the rocks, because they're in that little ravine, and it's right where the river is. And uh, he looks like he slammed the back of his head on those rocks because when there's that, uh, when we see that shot from up above, he's laying there in a big old pool of blood. So Rambo goes over to him and looks at him, knows and sees that he's dead, and he grabs his jacket and then his gun and then takes off. But then this is when Sheriff and the rest of the guys are like, oh, fuck, and they're screaming, and they want to know what happened because the helicopter took off. But then uh, they had one little guy that was with them. He wasn't a part of the sheriff department. He just had um, his uh, hound dogs. And they're like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's always that guy. Yeah, it's always a little old man with all these little hound dogs. So he's like, look. And they look down, and that's when they see uh, our gall laying there dead. So I'm like, fuck. And then they're like, look, here he comes. And, and, and Rambo comes walking out, and he goes, there's one man dead. It wasn't my fault. I don't want any more hurt. And they're like, freeze. And I don't know how high they are up on the top of that ravine. And then he goes, don't don't move. You're under arrest. And he's like, but I didn't do anything. And he goes, don't you move or I'll blow your head off. And he goes, I didn't do anything. And then Diesel just starts. They, they have M16s, and they just start unloading. And then he's like, yeah, he pretends like he got hit, and then he runs. Oh, before all that, that's when he's he's stitching up his arm. Uh, and everything. If you guys haven't seen this movie, go to YouTube and watch that scene. That part looks real when he's stitching up his arm. Uh, this is oh yeah. And another thing. This is what made me want one of these knives. I still want one of these knives. Um, he gets his knife and he unscrews the top uh, on the handle and dumps out 
uh, looked like a fishing hook and some fishing wire. Mm-hmm. And then he just starts uh, to stitch himself up. And uh, also, when he takes off the cap of uh, of his knife, he looks at it, and it's a compass. Because I, I really didn't know what he was looking at. But one time we were at the mall. It was when the second movie came out, when they had the replicas of uh, the knife that he had in the second one. And I remember looking at it, and uh, I unscrewed the top, and that's when I noticed there was a, a compass in there and all kinds of other things. They sold little knockoff ones at the flea market, but it was nothing. It was just dumb little cheap uh, blades that wouldn't even stay sharp. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they still make those replica ones, but I would I want one. Uh, I really liked the one that he had in the uh, in the third one. That kind of looked like a sword, <laughs> but I, I loved uh, how it looked and the little jagged cutter things that are on the top uh, of the knife. Because in the second movie, he used that to 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 cut open um, bob wire. I thought that was really cool. I, I don't know if it does that, but um, I'm sure you can look online and find those replica knives. But yeah, so he's um, the the this this part was cool too because this is when they it gets dark and they're uh, they're walking around trying to hunt him down in the woods. And then he's uh, before that before it gets dark. I think they all went back to their car to get uh, like more ammo or whatever. Because um, he gave him time to to build traps because he was uh, sharpening up sticks and he made this like um, uh, little spike thing with it mm-hmm. like a, that came swinging out from behind the trees uh, and, and, and would spike you in the legs. And um, <coughs> uh, so he, he was he was getting ready and gearing up and everything. And. uh there, it was it was starting to get dark and then it was getting ready to rain, so they're walking around and then they see something. They're like, "There he is!" And then they all just start shooting, and they don't they don't know what it is. And they they, they uh, take some uh, uh, Rambo starts shooting back, and the old man with the hounds he gets hit in the leg and he goes down, and he's laying there ah. But then. When the lightning flashes, they see, they look again, and they go, that's not him. It's goddamn Scarecrow. <laughs> and they go, like, well, there was no Scarecrow that shot uh, whatever that guy's name was. I think his name was Orville. Uh, and then, um, and like, shit, he goes, that, that old man goes, go get him. He lets go uh, of his dog. I think he let go of, like, one of them. One or two, I can't remember. They go running, and they go over this little log, and you just hear, I think he wait. I think he shot one of the dogs, and then the second one he he let he let go. He stabbed him because you hear that of him stabbing the knife, and you hear the the yelp of the dog. <laughs> and that old man's like, "Go get him! He killed my babies! Get him!" <laughs> so they basically just left him here. <clears throat> so they're all in the in the woods, just kind of they kind of spread apart, spread out. And they're looking for him. And then this is when Rambo springs into action and just takes them out one by one. I think the one that got it hurt the worst, other than um, the guy that took the spikes to the lake, was Ward. Because he's walking around and Rambo's on top of a big giant tree stump. He jumps off, lands on top of him. He grabs his arm and then he just gives him a straight shot right to the back of that shoulder blade or whatever and 
I don't know if it broke his arm or knocked it out of socket. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with the guy with the the spikes in the in the legs because while everything while everybody else is getting got, you still hear the guy with the spikes in his legs in the background screaming. Because <laughs> Ward was screaming, everyone was screaming for uh, for Will uh, <laughs> Sheriff Teasel. Because Ward's laying there, ah, and um, I guess Rambo picked him up and kind of posted him up against a tree because he's he's standing he stands right in front of him, and uh, one of the, I think it was a the guy they they got hit with the spikes, he starts shooting shooting at him, but he gets out of the way, and and shoots the uh, deputy Ward in the shoulder. And he goes down, ah, other than his arm or is either broken or out of socket. He takes a shot to the arm. And then that guy goes, I got him. I got him. He goes running and he flips the tripwire. That's when that, that branch comes flying around with the spikes on it. <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't higher. I think he did it for a reason to get that low, just to get him right in the, in the upper legs. Because if, if those blades were higher or those little spikes, man, that would have got him in the balls and. He probably just wanted to die. <laughs> that guy ain't walking right forever. <laughs> and the other dude, they were running. Teasel and, and uh, his other buddy were running, but Teasel was in front. And that other guy just kind of, you see like a rope or something go around his neck and he gets jerked back. What happened to Mitch? Did he? Something happened to Mitch, but he I think he didn't get in as bad as everybody. Oh, he got stabbed in the leg. Yeah, because he comes walking around uh, that tree trunk, and the first time you don't see Rambo, he's hiding under the bushes. Mitch comes walking around. Rambo comes out, grabs him, and stabs him right in the leg, and ah, he falls down. That's right. That's how he got it. And then uh, Teasel's running, and he's looking around. He sees Ward. He he finds that it's like he comes up on that guy that got the the spikes in the legs, and he kind of just. Prize that out of his legs, and that guy falls on the ground. He's laying there, ah, and then he starts. Uh, uh, Teasel's screaming for I think his name was Singleton, and then he looks around because the lightning's flashing, and then he sees Singleton uh, tied up to a, a tree, and it, it's got like a a vine or something around his throat, and his arms are tied up, and they must. It was tight enough to where he was able to still kind of make some noise, but not tight enough to where it choked him to death. So he goes running up to try to help him, and then Rambo comes ah running out of the bushes and sticks that knife up to Teasel's blade and is telling him like, "Don't push it because you push it, you're gonna, I'm gonna give you a war you won't believe." He goes and <laughs> he's like, "Just let it go, let it go," and then he just fucking just. Runs off, and Teasel is the only one that really didn't get hurt. Everyone, did, all his deputies are hurt. Yeah, Broken arms, spikes to the legs. Just, uh... <laughs> so I assume he just left them there. Maybe helped them out. Maybe stopped some of the bleeding, and then ran to go get help. <laughs> because the next thing you know, we see the, the National Guard and everybody's up there. Uh, looking for him, and we we get some little montages of Rambo doing his thing, kills this big boar, and then the next thing you know, we see him cooking it up. Uh, this is when we're introduced to uh, Colonel Troutman, uh, Richard Crenna's character. He shows up and kind of explains to them who Rambo is. Well, when they were out there uh, searching for him before all of them came, 
uh, that one sheriff that got the nose broken, he he kind of ran his name in the teletype, and he came back and said, "Yeah, this guy's a he's a Vietnam vet. He's a Green Beret." Those guys are like, special forces. <laughs> yeah, Mitch was. I knew there was something about that guy. Yeah, so because he was even telling him when they were looking at our goal, and when he was laying there dead, and Mitch was like, "Why don't you just let the the state police handle this?" And Teasel runs over there and grabs him and goes, look at him, look at him. And he goes, he and I were friends when your mama was still wiping your nose. <laughs> so, that, yeah, he did that. And then that he, he just took them all out. But with the, the news are there, the military, everybody's there looking for him. They got a little command post down by the river. National Guard, I don't know how many soldiers were out there searching for this one dude. But the the newscast is what made me laugh. They talk, yeah, John John Rambo's out in the out in the woods hiding. Uh, he took out some sheriffs, but uh, luckily their their special training as sheriffs deputies, they were able to uh, save themselves. I was like, fucking bullshit, man. <laughs> anyway, if he would have hurt Teasel, they probably all would have just died out there, because. Uh, well, Ward could walk. He just had the broken arm. Mitch couldn't. He got stabbed in the leg. I don't know about Singleton. He's probably just traumatized from being strung up to a tree. Uh, and uh, the other guy that took the spikes to the legs, he wasn't walking nowhere. <laughs> but, and that's the last, for like five seconds. Yeah, that's that's the last we see of them. Because next thing you know, we got the 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 National Guard chasing him. We kind of get this montage of him trying to hide. We see all these soldiers walking through the woods looking for him, and then they they kind of finally find him. And no, uh, Rambo's running through the woods, and then he comes across these hunters. Uh, he sees this little kid, and then he grabs him like he's about to stab him, but then he's just kind of like, uh, you're just a kid. I don't need nothing to do with you. But then that kid jumps up, and he's like, Paul, Paul. And he goes, there's a man over there. And there's two other, his dad and another hunter. And they're like, there he is right there. And then they start shooting at him. And this is when the National Guard, this way, let's go. And then they all start running. And this part was funny, though, because you see Rambo running. And you see all these little weekend warriors running <laughs> through the woods. Yeah, shooting and just not giving a fuck. <laughs> so they kind of corner him in this little um, mine shaft. And uh, Teasel's like, yeah, they got him up on this ridge. And he's like, all right. And he goes, no. He goes, don't do anything. Just wait until I get there. And, and whatever you do, no shooting. Then you just, you just see them all just shooting at that little mine shaft. And uh, Rambo, he, he's got it. He got his. He took an M16 from one of the deputies, and he just starts lighting them up too. But he doesn't shoot anybody. And, this is uh, when one of the National Guard guys pulls out a rocket launcher. Yeah. <laughs> He was running out of ammo because with that last round, he kind of like looks at it and he takes the, the magazine out and like, fuck, you know, and a couple rounds and it left. So, yeah, they're trying to talk to him. He was, yeah, this is Lieutenant Clinton Morgan. And he was a National Guard leader. We're going to give you just three zero seconds to come out. And Randall was like, fuck. And they're like, all right, um, this is your last chance. All right, uh, who's got the rocket launcher? And these guys are just, I don't know. I mean, they they, they just do this on the weekends, the weekend warriors, I guess. So 
<laughs> that guy gets uh, the guy that has a, the rocking laundry didn't look like he knew what he was doing. <laughs> but then they're like, all right, man, because just fire that thing. So he just kind of he take he's taking aim and Ramble just like fuck it and then just runs, and then tsh, they blow up that uh, the entrance to the to the mine shaft and it all just comes crashing in and they're like yeah they're all hooting and hollering and then here comes uh, Teasel and he's like what and he goes fuck man I told you guys no shooting and he goes I wanted him alive and he was like well he was shooting at us what do you want us to do. And he goes, well, we got, we got, we got to find his body. We got to dig him out. And then the, the other guy's like, well, we we can't get a dozer up here. You're gonna have to find someone to dig him out. And he goes, well, it's your mess, Clinton. He goes, you dig it out. And he's like, I gotta be back at the drugstore on Monday. And like, he goes, well, you better get busy. <laughs> he's like, shit. And then we go into inside the cave, and he he made it. He got away. Yeah, he had the uh, oh, he had little matches and everything inside the, the, the his little knife, and then he finds um some little canisters with like uh, I guess some kerosene or something, and he takes his little uh, little tarp that he made, cuts it up, makes uh, strips with on it. He gets a torch and he starts going through the mine. Comes across some rats that are crawling <laughs> around on his back. I did not like that part. <laughs> Uh, rats are jumping on him, and he's ah, and then he kind of makes it through. Or before, let me go back before before all of this. Uh, when he's hiding in that little uh, mine shaft, uh, before the 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 National Guard shows up, um, Colonel Troutman uh, is talking to him because they're like telling him, he "Goes yeah, he's got a radio he took from one of the deputies," and then so he starts calling him like "Coming over to Raven." And he's trying to just like, all right, he kind of r- rambles off all the names of all the um, uh, the soldiers that were that were in the special unit. And then he he's looking at the radio like he wants to say something, but he doesn't. But then he kind of finally says like, hey, they're all gone, sir. And he goes, he's just telling him that he's the last one. And he was like, no, nah, man, Barry, he made it out. And he goes, nope, he's gone, too. And this is when he was telling him, he goes, yeah, he goes, I was looking for you, but uh, no one can find you. He said he was in D.C. shining the seat with his ass. And then he's like, hey, man, he goes, you kind of you kind of fucked up, man. You, you you can't be doing this. <laughs> he goes, come on, man, just, just come on in and uh, we'll, 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 we'll figure it out. And he goes, you kind of just uh, pushed it too much, man. You, you got into some trouble. And he goes, he's like, there wouldn't have been no trouble if it wasn't for that king shit cop. And he's like, all I wanted was something to eat. And that was true because Teasel's looking and then he just kind of like rolls his eyes and then walks away. And he's like telling him, he's like, look, man, he goes, they drew first blood, not me. And then he kind of just goes into radio silence and then all the whole National Guard and blowing up the thing. Mm-hmm. But luckily, he finally finds his way out of that, out of that little uh, mine shaft thing. Which was cool, and he, he he's lucky he, he he found a way out because when he gets to and sees that light, he looks up at it and he just puts his head down on his uh, on the ladder and like ah, oh. and then he climbs out and gets out of there. Everyone thinks he's dead because there was a whole scene of uh, Troutman and Teasel in this bar talking about Rambo and everything. So, but he's hiding, and there's uh, all the soldiers are clearing out. 
And uh, he runs and jumps and lands on top of one of the trucks. And then he climbs in and deals with that uh, soldier. And uh, what do you got in the back? M60. He goes, all right. And then he just kicks him out, throws him out of the the truck, and then goes driving off. And I was thinking, because when when he does look in the back and the M60 is back there just posted up on a, I don't know, some kind of little machine gun holder or whatever. Nothing else was in the back of there, but maybe some that gun and some rounds. Because he takes that. I love this scene, though, because he's driving down the road. Uh, the deputy or the 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 uh, the private, I think it was a private, he kind of hooks up with the sheriff and they let him know that, yeah, he's still alive and uh, everything. So he goes hauling ass. He's driving down this road and he comes to a roadblock. And he's like, fuck it. Boy. He just hauls ass. Same thing with the music there. And he goes crashing through. <laughs> and crashes through all those police cars and everyone's shooting at him. And then he finally makes it back to town. Crashes into a uh, some gas pumps at a gas station. Lights that up. <laughs> Big, huge explosions. Blows up the whole gas station. Uh, teasels back at the uh, sheriff's station. Uh, getting ready uh, for war, uh, Troutman comes in and they kind of get into it. And he goes, "You knew he was alive. You knew he could get out of out of that cave." And Troutman goes, "Well, I suspected he was still alive." And he goes, "He goes, you, he goes, you trained him. He goes, you knew what he can do." And he was telling, he goes, "Man, he goes, you just you're gonna die if you continue this." He was trying. Troutman was trying to warn him, but he. When they were sitting in that bar, he was trying to warn them even before, before they chased him into that, uh, before they blew up the, the mine shaft. He was trying to warn him, like, look, man, just just let him go. Open up a little hole in your perimeter and let him sneak out, and then you might find him working at a gas station or something. But Teasel wasn't going to let this go. He's like, hell no, we're, we're going to get him. So Didn't he drop the line of, you're going to need a good supply of body bags? Yeah, he goes, what do you say? He goes, we got 200 men up here. You think 200 men against your one man uh, is a no-win situation? He goes, well, if there's that many, he goes, you forget one thing. You know, what's that? An extra supply of body bags. (laughs) (laughs) I remember everyone in the theater clapped. I went, yeah. (laughs) And so um, it was funny, though, because when he's running around the M60, he starts shooting um, the little power things up on on the telephone poles. Mm-hmm. And and knocking out all the power in in um in the town, because oh before all that happened when Troutman was talking to Teasel, um, Teasel was telling him, was look man he goes well they they his they uh, he he turned up and he blew up a gas station on the other side of town, and then that's when he was telling look man you, you're gonna die you should just leave this alone. Rambo's out there blowing things that are shooting up. Uh, power lines and everything so all the lights are out he starts shooting up uh, like storefronts to knock out all the lights and the thing that was funny though after he shot all, all the power and it went out at the at the sheriff's station because Teasel was up on the roof uh, with the M16 uh, waiting for him that gun store that he goes into because he, he, he busts into that and uh, he just starts at first I thought he was looking for ammo but he just started throwing everything into a pile in the middle of the store. Then he breaks open uh, um, a little barrel of uh, gunpowder, and he kind of just dumps it all over all the ammo and the little 
canisters of, I don't know, kerosene or whatever it was. And then he uh, makes a little trail outside. Instead of getting his light, well, he, he lost his lighter because that's what he blew up the gas station with when all the gas was ever. He lit his Zippo and threw it on that. This, it was cool, though. I'll give it to him. He made that little gunpowder trail out to the front door. Then he gets the M60, just lights it up, and then then the whole uh, ammo store starts going off. When when we hear the explosion there and the gun and the the rounds and everything are shooting off, Teasel runs over to the other side of the roof of the uh, sheriff's station. All the power is out except for that store. So who knows? Maybe it was running on a generator. I don't know. (laughs) But then, yeah, Rambo goes up to the police station as our sheriff station and starts shooting it up. And uh, he notices uh, that uh, Teasel's up on the roof. So then he, after he shoots it all up and everything, he goes inside and uh, he's looking up in that little uh, skylight. Teasel's like pointing down, uh, waiting for him to come uh, under it so he can shoot him. But then he runs by really quick and he lets off a few rounds. Rambo spins around and just shoots up into the ceiling. And then hits uh, Teasel. And he goes, ah! She goes crashing through the skylight. And he's laying there. And Rambo walks up to him with an M60. Like, go ahead. You just kill me. <laughs> but he was—he looks like he was about to. But then this is when Troutman comes in and tells him to stop. And then they they kind of, Troutman's kind of going like, look, man. He goes, you're you're the, you're the last one of this elite squad, man. Don't let it don't let it end like this. And then this is when he goes into his full his full speech. And this part was sad. I mean, even the first time I saw it, and then watching this last night, when he's just he's explaining, and this is when he was telling, him, he goes, he goes when he's like, this mission is over, Johnny. It's over. And then he's like, nothing is over. He goes, you just don't turn it off. It wasn't my war. You asked me, I didn't ask you. And Drummond goes, look, man, it was a tough time for all of us. And he goes, for you, he goes, civilian life is nothing. He goes, at least me, he goes, we had a code of honor on the field. He goes, you watch my back, I'll watch yours. And he goes, he, he, was, he was telling me, he goes, something to, um, like, um, we wanted to win, but you wouldn't let us win. I kind of really didn't understand that, that part, but... I assume maybe just dealing with the war because I my knowledge of Vietnam War I, is it's movies and TV and everything. Yeah. I really don't know the whole politics on why we were there and, and what happened and, and everything. Because from from what we were we were taught that we lost that war, um, but I I really don't know the really history and everything on what was going on there, so I can't really speak on it. But the scene where he was just going off, like he just, he goes back there. I can drive a gunship. I can, I can drive a tank. He goes, I was in charge of million dollars equipment. He goes back here. I can't even. I think he said hold it, hold down a job or something. I think he said he couldn't even park cars. And he just, he just loses it and just, oh man, this part got me right here. And he just, cause he started crying. I know people were laughing at it because. Because the way Stallone sounds, but I mean, he was speaking from the heart uh, on what he went through. Yeah. And he was talking about his friend. He goes, "Yeah, man, we're always talking about this '57 Chevy or whatever. We're gonna cruise until the tires fall off." 
and he was telling them that, yeah, we were, they were in, I don't know, one, one of the little towns and uh, some little kid came up to him, was asking him for a shine and wouldn't leave him alone. And uh, his buddy was like, all right, man, I'll, I'll do it. So he goes, I'm, he goes, I, I left. I went to go get a couple beers. He's that little kid. The box was wired, opened up and just blew up. And he goes, yeah, just said, just blew his body all over the place. And he goes, he goes up there and he's like, he, he said his buddy's screaming like, he was like, I got pieces of my friend all over me and I'm trying to put them together and his buddy's screaming, he goes, I want to go home, Johnny, I want to go home. And he goes, you can't go home because I can't find your fucking legs. And because he just, he was crying and he goes, I was screaming around and nobody would help. I mean, Stallone's done a, t- a billion movies. Not all his movies are good. Stop or my mom will shoot uh, Oscar. I don't know what he was thinking. But, Come um, back, Oscar. I didn't. I don't care. A lot of people give him shit for Rhinestone. That movie's fucking hilarious. I love that movie. But um, Stop or my mom will shoot. Yeah, it was all right. It was funny, but no, you, you do it to do it. But anyway. But this scene, man, he he was really pouring his heart out. He was really, really acting hard. And he just, you just felt sorry for him because he was telling the story and he's just crying. And this part got me. And he was like, he goes, I can't get it out of my head. He's like, basically, I close my eyes and that's all I see. And he goes and he wakes up because I don't know where I am. And he goes, I just, I just can't get it out of my head. And then Troutman kind of just walks up on him and gives him a hug. And then he's like really crying. And next thing you know, we see them walking out uh, of the police station. Uh, I think it was the state police. They came in, they had him handcuffed, and then they kind of walk him out. And that's the end of your movie. I love the song yeah. at the end. I think it was written by his brother. Um, I think it was Frank Stallone. Yeah, I'm glad they changed the ending. Cause just imagine he gave he gave that speech at the end and then they killed him. Cause uh, I think Troutman shot him, or yeah. it was either he it was either Troutman shot him or Rambo shot himself. I, I I can't remember, but that scene that they did film, he did die. Then when the test audience said no, nah, they didn't they didn't like it. But again, there was Christmas things all over in that town. <laughs> Oh, yeah. did everything. Christmas. So well, you guys don't think this is a Christmas movie. It happened. It says right here, days before Christmas. So yeah, you catch a you catch a, some decorations in the background here and there. Yeah, the police there, the sheriff station was all decorated up. You even see a Christmas tree in there, and there's even a big giant sign of Santa Claus. Uh, enjoy, have a coke and a smile. Uh, <laughs> when he's running around outside, shooting everything up, but. Yeah, this movie it was it was awesome for for eighty two. It was really serious. It was it was like an action drama. Uh, I, I would give it that. But when the, when the the next one, I think the next two, the uh, just Rambo and Rambo three, I, I it was cool. I liked what he was doing in the second one, going to save uh, the the POWs that were still over in Vietnam. And then the second one, him going to teaming up with the Taliban and uh, fighting the Russians <laughs> and all that over there in Afghanistan. Um, that one was really cool. But I don't know. I think the second one, they're just, 
we knew we knew what we can do. We knew he was going to go over there and kick ass and and kill all the uh, the other um, the Vietnam soldiers and and the Russians. Uh, Victor Meatland, he was running. That's all I see every time I see that actor from, <laughs> from from Beverly Hills Cop. I mean, they really went for it with um, we're trying to sell John Rambo to kids as uh, yeah, he's he's a hero in the movies and everything. But we had the Rambo cartoon, we had the Rambo toys, we had Rambo chewing gum. I mean, his picture was all over stuff. Um, I don't see that much today. Maybe if you look online, if you guys don't believe what I'm saying, look online. There was a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, they, they they couldn't market those last two Rambo uh, movies to kids. No, nah, they tried with the third one. I mean, the cartoon was... I watched it, but I was like, this is dumb. I mean, he, I want to say he was like teamed up with some kids or something, and he was going around helping and solving crimes and, and blowing things up. Didn't kill anybody. It's a Saturday morning cartoon. But the thing that was funny every time, if you guys remember in the second one, uh, when he got all his gear and he was ready, gearing up when he's, tying his headband on, lacing up his boots, sticking his knife uh, in the sheet and everything, getting ready for war. Every time in the cartoon he was getting ready, it would they would show all that. I was like, didn't you just have all this? And the other thing about the cartoon, he always ran around. He just, how he looked in the second one, with his black <laughs> uh, army pants on, no shirt, headband, and that little jade necklace that he got from uh, Special Agent Cobal. <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy time in the 80s and everything. But the thing that pissed me off the most about the second one, not the movie or any of the merchandise, is the picture that they used on the uh, on the toys. It's Rambo, but just like yeah, how he looked on the, on the poster for the second movie. He's holding a machine gun with a RPG rocket attached onto it. I was like, he didn't have that gun in the movie. He was in the in the regular Rambo 2 poster. He's holding a an RPG. And yeah, it's cool. But I don't know. They drew this and I don't know who greenlit it. <laughs> it was all over the toys. Flash forward to whenever the 4K Rambo movies came out. That same picture that's on the toys is on that cover. And I'm like, who thought this was okay? I was like, oh my god! I, mean, I don't know who's running. Who this out, Ryan? I don't know. TriStar Pictures. Yeah, whoever, yeah, greenlit that for the toys. Okay, but you greenlit it for the. 2020 or 2021, whenever the the 4Ks came out, I was like, "Oh man, you guys have no idea what I'm talking about." Look Tri- up uh, TriStar Zone by Sony. <laughs> look, look at the 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 covers of those those 4K um, Rambo ones. I was like, "Man, this uh, I don't know." Different times in the 80s, everyone. But uh, yeah, like I said, this was a collaboration with Action Return. Do you want to hear the rest? Don't know when we're going to do it, but eventually we're going to do the rest of the Rambo films because the, the story just, it got a little wacky in the second one and the third one, 
but I think it went back to more seriousness when when it got to the fourth one. Yeah, I'm looking at the 4K now, and now he did not. There was not no gun even close to looking like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's. I was like, what the hell's going that on here? That is a made up gun right there. <laughs> Again, all right for the toys, but who said it was okay to put it on the 4K covers? I was like, all right, man, whatever. I'm not running that that program over there. But all right, everyone, that is uh, First Blood from 1982. The budget was 15 million, and it boxed office 125.2 million dollars. Money back then. Yeah, big big money. I don't know. What that rounds up today. The poster, I always loved the poster. I still want to get this to hang here in the studio. It says Stallone, this time he's fighting for his life. First blood. Um, I love the poster for this because that's the cover art that's on the steel book. The uh the single one, not not the one that's in the, the box set. Is the the whole box like tin? Is it yeah. All right, see fuck. Ah man, I knew I knew I should have just pulled the trigger and got it. I remember seeing it everywhere. I'll get it later. I'll get it later. Gone. Ugh. I don't know if I want to pull the trigger on those eBay prices, but who knows? Maybe I'll come across one eventually. That, that's exactly why I pulled the trigger. I, I was looking at the price. I was like, ah, I can't do it. But then the the eBay prices started popping up in my head, and I was like, no, do it now. Uh, I think it was like a hundred bucks when it first came out, or, yeah. or maybe maybe not even that. But actually, I think I, I think I got mine. It was on sale for seventy seventy five. Yeah. See, uh, kicking myself. I don't have to look now. Four K Steelbook two hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. Shit. $200, $275, $300. Uh, oh, what's this one? It's the 4K Steelbook. I've never even seen this one. This must be an import. i never seen this one. Looks cool. Cool little cover. But, yeah, I don't want to fall down that hole. I ain't spending $300. It's my fault. I should have bought it when I bought it. But, all right, everyone, that's going to be it uh, this episode. If you listen to the last couple, especially Amityville um, Christmas Vacation. It's a movie. Yeah, it was. (laughs) So, but... Oh, yeah, we still got a few more days, so uh, come back for more. We're going to give you some... um, short films that Brian found uh, so come back for those we still got a few more uh, days in this month we're going past Christmas everyone so it'll all 12 will be out before January 1st so but with that everyone please be safe out there uh, we're recording this on December 23rd so uh, happy Festivus for all of you out there Festivus for the rest of us so until then be safe out there and party on It's over, Johnny. It's over! Nothing is over! Nothing! You just don't turn it off! It wasn't my war! You asked me, I didn't ask you! And I did what I had to do to win! But somebody wouldn't let us win! And I come back to the world!
And I see all those maggots at the airport protesting me, spitting, calling me baby killer and all kinds of vile crap. Who are they to protest me, huh? Who are they? Unless they've been me and been there and know what the hell they're yelling about. It was a bad time for everyone, Rambo. It's all in the past now. For you! For me, civilian life is nothing. In the field, we had a code of honor. You watch my back, I watch yours. Back here, there's nothing. You're the last of an elite group. Don't end it like this. Back there, I can fly a gunship. I can drive a tank. I was in charge of million-dollar equipment. Back here, I can't even hold a job. Fucking guys! Ah!